Shut up and sit down. Do you ride the bus to school? No. I ride my bike. What kind of bike do you have? It's a sledgehammer. Dang. You got shocks, pegs. Lucky. You ever take it off any sweet jumps? Hey kids, when riding your bicycle, it's important to always wear your helmet. Why? Your helmet protects your brain, and you need your brain. Dr. Crane, I need your help. I've been walking the streets, pulling up my hair, bumping into things, talking to myself. So what's new, Woody? 88% of American drivers describe themselves as having above average driving skills. What's particularly interesting is that those with the least ability are often the most likely to overrate their skills to the greatest extent. People measurably poor at logical reasoning, grammar, financial knowledge, math, emotional intelligence, running medical lab tests, and chess all tend to rate their expertise almost as favorably as actual experts do. Researchers have a name for this phenomenon, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Hi, and welcome back to The Dial Podcast. I am Jake Bonder, and today I'm here with Lance Hepler. Self-described super genius, Lance Hepler. Booyah, Lance, <laughs> also known as Lance Romance. Lance Romance in the house. Can't forget that. And I'm here with Matt Legrand. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs? Oh. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, and again, we are missing Evan. We just cannot seem to catch Boo. a break with good old Evan. <sighs> Work. Yeah, he's got a, a, an altered schedule this week, if I'm not mistaken, due to being out of town for a race coming up Is that or something like yeah, that, I yeah. think. And um, family. I think he has family in and town, And family too. in town. Yeah, so yeah. Um, he is working <laughs> today. Good yeah. old working stiff stuff. Yeah. So um, we're just going to roll on with the three of us, like yeah. we do. So... Let us get started with our weekly backpedal. Lance, how was your last week been? Well, my last week has been fantastic, but yes. nobody cares. <laughs> no, no well, one cares. I, about nobody it. cares. Why doesn't anybody care? Well, I think everyone wants they don't yeah, they're they're not they're not gonna tune in to listen to Lance and I's backpedal. They they wanna hear you know, Jake, are you okay? You know, uh what what's going on with you? Um can you just give us a quick recap of, of whatever you can tell us <laughs> oh let's do this i will try and get into some more detail i would prefer to start with you gentlemen and let, <laughs> let all the folks know what's going on with you we can do and that. then uh, we, can do, we, we can do whatever you want we'll come back to me i'm here though that that's the good that's part. the good and thing i'm we alive and breathing okay. that's another good thing yeah. and we'll, we'll we'll touch on that in just a moment so um lance back at you my friend all right well um we actually haven't recorded for a couple weeks because uh, of Jake's um, accident. accident. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, it's been a couple weeks since we've done anything. And uh, we started our uh, short track racing series, yeah. which is short track co cross country races, yep. um, mountain bike races. And um, uh, two weeks ago, had my uh, my first race, which I was super excited about. Mm. And I, I if... I mean, we may have talked about this. I was having a hard time deciding whether I should race my 
right. cyclocross we did, bike. We did mention that, yeah. Or my mountain bike. And so I took both bikes with me for the warm-up laps. And I was significantly faster on my cyclocross bike. Okay. So I decided to race that. Um, I did I did crash in the warm-ups, which should have been a, a little foreshadowing <laughs> as to what happened. Oh, man. So, But anyway... Um, I got in the race. I am just going for things, and I ended up crashing three times during oh the race. Okay. <laughs> so I went down was several it, times. Was it the same spot on like a looped course <laughs> or all different locations? Two of them were on the same spot. Yeah. Okay. It was You're the like, bottom of a hill, gravel corner. Is that, I remember seeing like some photo on Facebook, and it was like, I don't remember if it was like caption this, <laughs> and there was like someone like leaning over their bike almost. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. But who knows? I went down several times. Like so. Couldn't figure out how to hit that, ride that spot. No. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going for it. And okay. the cyclocross bike in the gravel doesn't, it, oh, yeah. it doesn't do quite it. as well. Yeah. And my front wheel just kept washing out. Yeah. yeah. So I, there was like 30 people in the race. Mm -hmm. I think I was 16th. I still beat some people. <laughs> <laughs> Including yourself. <laughs> Including myself. <laughs> yourself. But I... I donated a lot of skin to that, and uh, <laughs> to that course. Any, any crash in particular that was bad, or is it just kind of scratches? No, and no. I just took skin off my leg okay. and my hip and my... And kept going. Yeah, my, yeah, I just jumped back up and kept going. Okay. I did rack my head a little bit, but it wasn't... It wasn't bad. Right. I still kept racing. Did you feel like you wished you had shaved your legs? <laughs> I did have to shave my knees. Oh, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> I had to shave my oh. knees because, yeah. It's a nice look. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was It was pretty funny. <clears throat> anyway, so that's what happened two weeks ago. So um, I went back last week and said, okay, race the mountain bike. I'm, You know, I shouldn't mess with the cross bike. I'll race the mountain bike. And... And actually, it was kind of funny. I did, I did a whole lot better. I was fifth, mm -hmm. so I moved up quite a bit. I did not crash on the mountain bike, but I could tell that I did not have the the swiftness, the speed on the straights. And like near the end of the race, I was I was trying to catch a certain person, and usually if I gut down I can get around those people and I I just couldn't get around them and I don't know if it was the mountain bike was because I was falling apart but yeah yeah so anyway I raced a couple times and Good we'll see stuff. how it goes didn't crash yeah how through that process how's all the stuff feeling like your back and your foot Oh yeah, it's it's all feeling pretty good. And your fitness is obviously my, starting my, to pay off. I mean, you're, yeah. you're doing well. How did you finish in that second race? I'm sorry. I was fifth. Okay. I ended up fifth. So we actually we had teammates that took third, fourth, and fifth. Oh wow. Yeah. So our our team actually and this is in the Cat Two Men's forty to forty nine. Okay. age so i, I was kind of tied up in some other activities yes <laughs> during that <laughs> process who, who took third and who took fourth uh mike hamness took third and Great. brian wise took fourth sweet and and brian and i were, <clears throat> were battling for nice. the last like two laps <laughs> yeah so you might sneak out tonight what's going on yeah yeah so i'm gonna go race again tonight and nice. we'll report back yeah we'll see how it goes fun <laughs> so stuff it was fun, fun stuff matt yes sir what you been up to Oh, not a lot of training. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I raced uh, Blue Lake a couple weeks ago, and, um, you know, I think, like, wasn't that great of a race for me personally, 
Uh, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, jokingly, I was like, Blue just, Lake is, Blue uh, Lake's this, oh, okay, so Olympic Blue, distance triathlon. Right, yep. And um, it's kind of uh, early season uh, race in the Portland area. Um, it's real flat, and it's it's a great race. There's good competition and stuff like that for the most part. Uh, and and I, I knew I wasn't in great shape going into it, you know, just thinking about kind of going over 30. So I was like, okay, expectations are low. And, you know, sometimes you go in with low expectations and you end up having a great race. That's not exactly how it went. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking like, um, you know, as I described it before, I was like, oh, I'm going to go participate in this race or whatever it is. And uh, I think, you know, like there's a whole bunch of people that were there that, you know, had good races. Um, you know, we've talked about Derek Rupaklava on this podcast before and things like that. And it's like you guys did, you know, there's just a whole bunch of people that did really, really well. And, you know, if if you pass me in the race, whether that was like in the swim or the bike or whatever, like I am, I promise you, I'm not like going to be like, Oh, I shut it down. Blah, blah, blah. blah. No, no, no. I will not let you pass (laughs) me. Right. Like if, if, you know, maybe it wasn't my best day or whatever it was, but I promise people like I was out there working hard. Uh, not my fastest time. That's okay. But like, if I had the chance to pass you, I promise I would have probably like thrown up trying to beat you. (laughs) So uh, for all the people, you know, I think I was like 22nd in the race or whatever. For all the people that beat me, like awesome job. Like you guys did well and it was good day, good weather. And, you know, I didn't have any of those like real problems, like no flats, yeah. no like, um, you know, no, nothing like crazy. It just stomach just didn't, have didn't a, revolt on yeah, you. Yeah, it didn't yeah. throw up. Like it just didn't have, um, you know, it wasn't my personal greatest race, but like it's just because the training's not going great. So uh, then... Um, haven't crushed it in the training after the race. Uh, <laughs> I have been swimming a lot, which has been nice. Yeah. Um, you know, for us in Pacific Northwest, like, you know, we're really turning into some fantastic weather. Yes. Uh, starting to be summer weather and the summers here are just perfect. So you can go, you can go swim every day and the water's just, it's great. It's nice. And, and really kind of later in the summer, it gets, things are going to get, you know, a little bit hotter and the water gets a little bit gross. So now it's like prime time open water swimming. So um, I've had, I, I put on this like open water swim series and uh, I've had maybe like 30 people or so kind of come, maybe 30, 40 people kind of depending on which week it, it's been uh, kind of show up and just swim. And we kind of like semi race a 1200 meter kind of route with buoys yeah. and stuff like that in this open water. Like you guys would love it. Uh, all of our <laughs> listeners would love it. Come out and join me. Um, but uh, so that's been really. Jake, fun. are you going to get in the water? I would be soon? fantastic out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just spray paint me red and put some floaties on me. Yeah. I'll be a buoy for you, you guys. Be perfect. <laughs> you could be a buoy. Yeah, actually, we've had some problems with this city not wanting us to put buoys in the water and stuff like that. Uh, so we do need a buoy. So Jake, thanks for volunteering. <laughs> Volunteered. Yes. Yes. So yeah. So um, it's been a great couple weeks. Uh, we just had Father's Day. Which I'm sitting here with a couple fathers, so happy Father's Day happy to you Father's guys. Happy Father's Day yeah. to everybody. you guys as well. And um, and yeah, just yeah, enjoy so far enjoying the start of our summer. It's been really nice. I actually spent a few days in Oklahoma oh. this this week as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Where in the world? You know, <laughs> wait, wait, like, wait. do we have like a uh, okay. where in the world is Carmen San Diego song or something? <laughs> exactly. that would, it's like where is Lance? I, I, I think I need to work on some production <laughs> of something like that. Some little sound bites for us. We can, we'll figure something out. Sorry, Lance. I've I've been prescribed to be off of all electronics yes, and devices and all that fun stuff. So I had no idea you were in Oklahoma. I was in Oklahoma for oh, three days, God. and um, it it is. 
bloody hot and yeah. mug- uh, humid there. Right. Muggy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I did... I don't know. I rode like 140 miles or something nice. over three days, you know, while I was there. But my got some goodness. Heat. So you either Sweat know somebody there or you bought something there. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> like real estate stuff. Um, I I was uh, I I was looking at an investment opportunity. Okay. That, yes. There you go. So, that makes sense now. <laughs> so um, actually, I haven't told you guys this. Next uh, week, I think I'm going to Georgia, which is the this is the worst time in the world this to go to Georgia. Not a good time to be in no, uh, so I might be missing an action, uh, or maybe on Skype. Who knows? Skype. Yeah, Skype yep. it up. Yeah, no, we'll figure out something. But uh, but yeah, so Georgia in the summertime. I'm spending a week there. Yeah. Ugh. Also muggy, humid. I'm gonna. Ugly. Yeah. We're we're gonna be close to a lake, so I'm gonna try and do a lot of swimming. But I won't be able to bring a bike, and you know, I don't. I mean, I'll be able to run and swim. Yeah. So that'll yeah. that'll work. I was glad I took my bike. I knew I would have some downtime, you know, while yeah. I was there. Um, and there was some fun riding. There was a, but yeah, it. I let me just say, I'm not to. I'm really happy I live in the Pacific Northwest. Right. Yeah, I think that's okay. I really yeah. like that. That doesn't sound too bad. I don't want to disparage Oklahoma too much. No, but no. no, I mean, Oklahoma's awesome. Like, people there are amazing. Yeah. Georgia, Alabama, like where I'm from, absolutely fantastic. Summers here are a little nicer. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Good times. Sounds that. like you guys had fun. <laughs> Jake? I, I'm, what? This is all news to me, too, so I'm getting caught up in <laughs> yeah, your guys' exactly. lives as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, well, let's hear about you, Jake, <laughs> Mr. Von During. I've been better, you know. Uh-huh. You ever had one of those days where you woke up and you felt like you got hit by a car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened. That so, happened. I can't get into too much detail right now, and it, it I don't know, I, I, I can explain more at a, at a later date, but um, uh, long story short, I was just out on a, a training ride, and it was a, like the perfect night, and I was riding with a teammate, Sean Martin, and... Um, yeah, got taken out. So yeah. got the old left hook, as people refer to it. And um, I would give you guys all kinds of great details. Uh, I was told not to. But even if I was told to give them to you, right? I have no recollection. Yeah. I had a little bit of head trauma in the yeah. process and got a, a really nasty concussion that um, has been you know, plaguing me for almost two weeks now. So yeah. uh, there's that. And then... Um, you know, my parting gift from the whole ordeal was a bunch of broken bones, um, which was, <laughs> which was not too fun. Not and good. a few, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Three days, and then in the hospital, and then another day and a half or two days, whatever, stent in the hospital. So, um, and that was all in about the matter of a week's time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I uh, walked away with a, a broken ankle, some broken ribs, um, a broken and dislocated shoulder, which is going to require so much, so much rehab. Um, a really bad concussion and, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, scratches and bruises and all that fun stuff. And insult to injury was I was thrown down an embankment and landed in the middle of a big blackberry bush. Um, and for those of you who Uh, don't live in the Pacific Northwest, blackberries are a thing of beauty to eat. They taste fantastic, but they're kind of like weeds here in terms of how they grow and they grow in these big, huge, like bushy patches. And I mean, they can be six, eight, 10 feet tall. But they've got the nastiest little buggers of thorns on them. And so I was thrown into that. Mm-hmm. I landed into that. And um, oh. <laughs> I, there, there wasn't too many parts of my body that weren't scratched up by yeah. blackberry bushes. Yeah. And, and the thorns, once they hit you sometimes too, will actually break off into your skin. Mm. And, you know, when you're you in the hospital. Dig those out. Yeah. yeah. 
so you get like these little pustules. <laughs> you're like, it looks like you have a zit, and like I don't get zits right there. Why do I have a zit on my forearm? And then you, like, you pop it, and like a little piece of a thorn comes out with the oh. fun stuff. Yeah, I won't get too. Uh, you actually look really good, Jake. Yeah. Um, I I was able to go and see you in the hospital, and you you looked like hell then. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Did not look good yeah. then, but you look pretty good today well, so i mean we're about two weeks out now so all of the scratching and all that other bruising and the road rash and impact stuff is um starting to heal up a little bit so that part's good um you know, i'm glad that i look good because i don't feel good um <laughs> it's, it's been it's been rough i'm not gonna lie um all kinds of you know pain and and um just kind of trying to work through things and get medicines right and working with the doctors and and whatnot it's been it's been pretty trying and the the concussion has been really bad um pretty much was told to stay off of all electronics yeah. so here you are you're sitting here you know you got a, a walking boot on your shoulders in this full-on shoulder mobilizer thing that makes you look like a robot and you got broken ribs and you're you're scratched up and you you can't get around you're not mobile so you're like okay well maybe i'll just you know sit behind the computer or i'll watch tv or watch a movie and they take all that away from you so you literally sit there and you just watch the paint peel off the walls i mean there's not much else you can do and you're like well that's what they're saying but i'm gonna try it i I swear i tried looking at my phone once and then all of a sudden you get the vertigo (laughs) yeah i mean it got to the point where the the vertigo the the headache and the um the nausea got so bad that I, I threw up. It was about seven times right. in about an eight-hour time period, and that actually sent me back to the hospital because I just I couldn't I couldn't survive. Yeah. And when you imagine of having this like nasty headache, migraine, whatever it was, coupled with broken ribs and you're vomiting and dry heaving, it's not a pretty sight. No. So you kind of feel like you're at a pretty low point in your life. So. Um, yeah, I spent a little bit more time in the hospital. I know there was a lot of people that were concerned about you. I had a lot of people ask me, hey, how is Jake yep. and Sean? How are those guys doing? Um, I, uh, Dr. Myers, Michael Myers, a teammate, he, he actually sent out a team-wide right. um, email saying, hey, oh, I don't know if you knew that. I haven't really been onto Facebook too much. Um, Dr. Myers sent out a team-wide email saying, hey, um, Jake has a pretty significant concussion so you need to leave him alone right <laughs> like just give him i mean give him a little bit of space recognize that you know the yeah. screen screen time you know is a situation for con- post-concussive right. and it's just like you need to take a break right. so i remember i had a concussion two years ago and just being like you know just thinking about like okay no screens no nothing no brain activity not you're not even really supposed to like read that yeah, much it's he, just like yeah you're yeah. just supposed to like sit and close your eyes and it's just like there, there's just nothing. Yeah. It's just, which, you know, it's really a hard situation. Yeah, I would yeah. pretty much sit in my bedroom with the lights off and the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the drapes pulled and I would go in my office and I would close all the blinds in there and turn off the lights and I would just sit there. And I, about the only thing that I could stomach was listening to some light music or like yeah. a podcast with the, the volume down really low. So, um, wasn't well, fun. If you felt like people weren't reaching out, they right. they were. <laughs> there was a lot to. of people that were concerned about you. Yeah. That I, I do appreciate yeah. that, and I so. I have um, seen a bunch of text messages. And, and if I haven't gotten back to you yet, I will. I, I promise. Um, it's just one of those things where you kind of take it one step at a time. And you know, thankfully, I mean, being able to get in touch with somebody like my wife, or um, you know, somebody that's got a, a more of a pressing issue or something like that, or about medical stuff or whatever the the whole hey siri thing please don't turn on <laughs> my phone and, and being able to say hey you know siri t- 
text so and so and being able to send messages that way that's actually been pretty good a, yeah. a huge saver i mean nice. it's like technology is pretty sweet when you actually think about like times when you would need it as opposed to just want to use yeah. it and be yeah. like a luxury and actually being yeah. something that you can use to communicate with people is pretty cool well i mean all of us take for granted like you know the thousands of people with disabilities and things like that. The yes. technology is like, this isn't just yes. like a good thing. This is a fantastic exactly. thing for people with disabilities. And yeah. Not, you know, I mean, you're, you're just, you're an injury, but that's yeah. still, it's just like, wow, this is there, you know, we take for granted, you know, like some of the technology. It's interesting have. that, um, the podcast that, uh, we released last week, we had recorded the week prior. Right. Yeah. In right. A, a while before. And we had actually talked about you remember you had that near miss and you talked about I had, that I, had, I talked about a near miss and I talked about being found dead in a ditch and it was a little bit more foreshadowing than I wanted Yikes. to uh, yeah a yeah. little, little dark, a little dark. Yeah. yeah yeah there's some some nut stories about that whole process and and I, I'm just basically trying to put everything together based on you know what was being told to like my wife from the the fire department, the police officers, to people that were responders on the scene, to, um, you know, Sean had some recollection of it. And I, I think in the beginning, I don't think there's any reason why I can't say this, they they thought it was just Sean. I mean, I was oh, I was wow. thrown down like a 20 or 25-foot embankment, and I'm, I'm hiding inside all these thorn bushes and unconscious. And your bike is in pieces down the embankment as well. Yeah, it was in some really tall grass, and my bike is now in about seven or eight or nine different pieces. Oh. I mean, it, it exploded. Yeah, and photo photo for the we'll have to post a photo of your. I bike. can probably post that if, if that's what folks want to see. But um, it bike was carnage. It, yeah. People love that. It, stuff. it was it was all like just kind of hiding in some tall grass, and they thought it was just Sean. And Sean's like, "No, my, I'm riding with my friend. You have to go get him." Like, "No, you're okay. It's no, I'm riding with somebody else." So oh at least that's what I was told. And you know, that's just a scary moment. Yeah. And, I, it, and according to the the article that was in the. The, the Colombian newspaper, yes. if I'm not mistaken, I yeah. guess it took like four firefighters and yes. a, um, and a, and a rope system and, and, and mobilizer yeah. board and all that stuff to, to, to retrieve me. So, yeah. So for all the thousand questions that the listeners are probably thinking about and they want to ask you, the answer is you don't remember. I don't. Which is all. I mean, that's and, and not for nothing. That's that's probably not a bad thing, no. given how I feel. I mean, yeah. my shoulder, it, it hurts so bad. Um after the fact, just like trying to like do like a little micro movement on it. But to think about like feeling that and how that actually happened. I mean, the, the top of my humerus like broke off and like, like the cap of my humerus with connective tissue and muscles and all the stuff still connected oh. to it. And the rest of it just dislocated completely out of the socket. It was the, the bulk of the head and it was sitting like up underneath my collarbone and it was completely dislocated. So I can only imagine how that felt. I don't remember that. I, I, I remember, like I said, uh, maybe about... 10, 15 minutes before it happened-ish, maybe 10 minutes, five minutes, I don't know, somewhere there. And then I remember probably about, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, I think it was like my first recollection of seeing a clock and then registering that I'm in the hospital and like kind of trying to figure out like, what am I doing here? Why, why am yeah. I, oh, ouch, why does everything hurt? And, you know, doctors coming and going and checking on me and it's just, it's just surreal. I mean, yeah. it's really hard to, um, you know, explain, but um but yeah, that that was uh, the the past two weeks have sucked. I'm not gonna result short. It <laughs> yes. just is, it has been it very a, rough and a challenging. Very so. rough backpedal. Yeah. So that segment. And oh. I'll be lucky if I get to ride a bicycle outside this calendar year again. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's my goal to be able to ride a bicycle outside this calendar year. I mean, with the doctor's blessing, obviously. But I think in due time, I'll probably be able to get back on a trainer. Um, need to track down a bike first because i'm sans bike right now i yeah. have a, a pile of parts but um 
I'll be able to get back on the, the trainer once my ankle heals and probably the ribs heal up a little bit and I can make sure that my shoulder's nice and stable. But uh, I'll be uh, riding with Justin Wagner on Zwift, I guess. So, Justin, if you're listening, man, save a spot for me in the lineup. <laughs> so he actually had – remember he was talking about yeah. he was yeah, having yeah. shoulder surgery? Yeah. yeah, I know he had his surgery because I mean, yep. if people are curious about an update. But I know he had his surgery. I know that he's doing everything one-handed. Like he, yep. and, But he's out and about and he's doing okay yeah. as far as I can tell. Um, but hopefully, you know, maybe he'll shoot us an email or something like that and give us an update. So, yeah. So yeah. anyway, on a bright note though, um, yesterday, um, well actually I'll, I'll say Saturday started to kind of turn a corner a little bit with the concussion stuff, um, and, and started feeling a little bit more like clarity that that fog starts to lift a little bit and the headaches aren't quite as intense and you're, you're able to go longer periods of time in between the headaches. Um, it just feels like the whole process is insult injury, you know, to begin with. But uh, like yesterday for Father's Day, um, was able to go see a movie with my kids and, and wow. not have any issues with it at all. I went to see a movie yesterday too. Did you guys? What'd you guys go see? The Incredibles. Okay, was it yeah. good? Yeah, it was really good. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell me anymore. I don't <laughs> want to know. <laughs> it was. It was funny. You're gonna love little Jack. Jack. Okay. <laughs> steals the show. So okay. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, we were able to do that, and um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm just gonna take this one day at a time and. Yeah. I know it sounds dumb, but I'm going to try and find the positives in this and take advantage of this downtime, not being able to ride and, and some other stuff and, and figure out a way to, you know, make lemonade well, out of some lemons here. We're going to talk about like trending stuff in cycling yep. later. But yep. um, one thing, this is not one of the topics that we're going to specifically talk about, but I've noticed a lot of the professional triathletes doing like 95, almost, you know, a significant percentage of their cycling indoors and doing like a lot more of that. Oh, so... I, you know, hopefully I can put a trainer next to you, come over and yeah, there uh, you go. we'll hang out and do some, some, some workouts or whatever. I, so I can't stand it indoors. No, I, I know and I do it only because when it's the very right. like it's last like, option, it's I, like sleeting or something. Yes. Like, no, I can't, I can't back in that. <laughs> no, yeah. you'll never catch me riding on a trainer when it's nice outside, yeah, you know, no. unless it's just like circumstances that I can't get around. Right. Like now, or yeah. I've had some times where like I just can't go because I am watching my kids. Yes. I've got yep. some, you know, you my youngest is still house. six years yeah. old and I can't leave her here by herself. So, yes. you know, something's better than nothing. That's one of those things. Yeah. But um, if it's nice out, you know, we're riding. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we were riding. We were. (laughs) So, and that's the other thing is, God, you you work your butt off to you know for certain things, and we just had the state championship road race this past weekend, and you guys have heard me talk about that way too many times. Mm -hmm. Training for that, want to do well in that. That's a a targeted race and all that other fun stuff, and had to miss that. And then there's the whole idea that you know you you're slogging out there through all this crappy winter weather and riding you know just hours upon hours and, and wet and cold and miserable and you're still having fun because you're riding your bike but you're like oh i can't wait until summertime remember all yeah. this was fun summer rides we did last summer we got all this team stuff and we got all these plans and then wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no more <laughs> nothing i i mean so i <laughs> um i'll probably jump in my wife's minivan or something like that and maybe get some some dialed cycling magnets and throw it in the car and I'll just be the chase car for nice. the, the the team rides or whatnot when we oh, that go and do some fantastic, stuff. So, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, just trying to find the positives and maybe do some cool stuff that way. So cool. Anyhow. Uh, well if you need an indoor training partner. Yes. When things it's come not around. me. It's not, don't, don't go calling Lance Romance. <laughs> Call me, man. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna start doing some more indoor stuff. I yeah. think I think that's you know 
Yeah. And Justin Wagner's like my inspiration. He's, <laughs> he just crushes it like yeah, every morning at like it. four in the morning. He's crushing it. You know, one, one thing, one takeaway from all of this, this madness that happened, um, it's, it's an anomaly. It doesn't happen often. And I don't want this to scare people away from riding their bikes outside. I, you can't live your life like that. No. Yeah. You know, unfortunate for me, it, it happened to me, you know, and unfortunate it was just like three weeks prior that I was dealing with the whole, um, you know, cherry pie road race crash and I was just starting to get healthy again and getting happy. And, and this thing came along and it's just like, you thought the last one was bad. <laughs> Wait a second. So yeah. Yeah, look what I got for you now. But, um, yeah, I don't want this to scare people away. I don't want it to deter people in any way. And, and if anything else, maybe we can use this as a, as a story, as a way to, to, um, you know, create awareness for cyclists on right. the road and, and have people, you know, do a better job of paying attention and, and citing and, and, you know, not being distracted and, you know, just, understanding that we're out there too yeah pay yeah. attention yes <laughs> so um anyhow that that's kind of the one thing that i want to make sure that people take away from this is sure i don't want you to to stop riding outside so matt don't be scared too late matt too late don't, don't be scared. <laughs> i've been scared for about four years or so yeah oh okay so let's go on to our first topic we are going to talk about some cool hacks and i'm not going to make this something that's going to be specific to cycling so if you've got something outside of cycling Mm. that you'd like to talk about a hack too i know that all of our brains immediately jump to bikes because um, whatever but if you've got some cool hacks that maybe apply to the running world or to the triathlon world or heck life in general lance i'm sure you got a cool couple life in general Uh, hacks for us Uh, we'll talk about them yeah i i've got a great hack Um, start us off Make a billion dollars. There it is. Yes. It's just that easy. That is such a good idea. How come I never thought of that? Marry the perfect woman. Oh, nailed it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Don't eat Twinkies. Oh. (laughs) Strong. I'm not really sure. I just wanted to say the word Twinkie. Twinkie. Okay, throw it in there. (laughs) Sorry, I'm over here trying to drink coffee to stay awake, and I got a hole in my lip. I got stuff (laughs) falling all over me. (laughs) I'm a mess. I'm just joking. Um I, you know, I do have a few hacks. Uh, my first cycling hack is don't get hit by a car. <laughs> Wait, not. is it too soon to, to, to no. say that? Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I can be serious. I can't no, can. be serious. No, 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 no. no. That's <laughs> true. Um, one of the things I, I, I am going to talk about a couple of cycling hacks that I think that I've done for a while. Um, and these might be silly little things, but um, most of us carry cell phones. Jake just talked about it. It possibly could have saved his life that he had a cell phone with him. Uh, um, it would be, except for nobody could find it. Yeah, that's right. It, was, it flew out of my pocket. And it was right. in the bushes and like the blackberry bushes like completely separated from where I was at. Did you ever find it? My wife did. She was able to go back and use the the find my phone thing, yeah, and she yeah. was able to and ping it, and it made it. an audible noise, and it's, there was just enough percent left in it that she could find it. So Wow. Yeah, kind of nuts, but... So anyway, I I carry a phone with me when I when I ride, not when I race, but when yeah, I ride. Yeah. And I I always try to have a phone that's waterproof because I am a sweaty sweaty man. Well, we're also <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest. It does rain here. It does yeah. rain here. So I'd use one that's waterproof. Um, I tend to I, I I carry an iPhone, and I have the iPhone 10 that's waterproof, and it it works really well. Um, the headphones, however, are not mm-hmm. entirely waterproof, and I tend to go through those every right. three or four months or so. Okay. When I was just in Oklahoma, and and I was sweating. You a, sweat a little bit. There? I sweated a whole lot. 
Are you so using? I lost humid. like eight so pounds humid. in a yeah. ride. It yeah. was like stupid. Are you using wired or wireless headphones? I used wired ones. Well, if you're going through them every, you don't want to spend a no. ton of money on, on <laughs> no. headphones because the wired I, I, ones I are sweat, only twenty nine bucks. Okay, I sweat a lot too, but I use the wireless, the the Jaybird X threes. Those oh, things yeah. are fantastic. Well, I've got the X twos. They have the X three now, and I've had those for probably about two and a half years. Not a single issue. Seriously? With, no, yeah, they're they're semi waterproof. So look into right. those. It's great sound quality. What are they're, they called? Jaybird X. Well, I have the X twos, but now they have the X threes. They're awesome. They yeah, sound really I have well. a pair of those too. They they yeah. sit on your ears different, so you kind well, of have to make sure that works for you. Well, they've got several they different, different applications of how you can um, oh, right, right, right. fix them to your ear, but um, yeah, I, I've they got come some with different options. I have tiny ears. I have weirdly tiny ears, okay. so I have a hard time getting things to connect whatever yeah. yeah anyway just a little that's a good idea yeah. because yeah because i i ruined a pair of headphones out in oklahoma, oklahoma and I had <laughs> to ditch them. so that's the one thing i do i i you know maybe that's a little hack but that was that was a good thing the other thing i i carry a little waterproof zipper bag a very mm-hmm. small one that i keep an old id in okay good call and i like a 20 dollar bill in just in yep. case uh-huh and I usually keep my headphones in that as well because if I'm in a group ride, I'm not going to be listening to my headphones. So, but sometimes you get separated from the group, or <laughs> you get dropped, <laughs> or you have a mechanical. You, should, you do one ear in and one in the, or do you double up? I double up. Don't do that. I dude. know. I'm for our listeners. Don't wear headphones. Yes. Don't listen to Lance. It is. <laughs> dangerous yes yeah. i'm do yeah. one just do one that'll i mean and then or you can kind of leave them unplugged a little bit so that you can hear more a little bit more well, traffic and the stuff. the latest um the latest iphone headphones you can actually hear ambient noise yeah. pretty okay. good with right. them yeah so they're not like noise canceling yeah yeah i have um this helmet that i'm gonna do a video review of and it was kind of, you know it's like a kickstarter helmet or whatever and i haven't actually worn it yet but it does like the jaw conductive um sure and it's bluetooth connected to your from your phone it's actually it's you know it's from the future yeah. and uh <laughs> and so so yeah so I'm, I'm curious to give that a try like i think you can it has a microphone and everything and it's also placed like basically on your jaw and it's part of the helmet strap basically and huh. it has some other weird things like it has like a blinker on the back i think like you're like so, so you're a, turning a, right and or a left? switch on the on like a little switch that you can hit like left or right like you're going in it i think it blinks left right i actually don't know because i haven't um pulled it out and played with it yet uh so i'll do at some point i'll do like some video and i'll do like let's open this box and play with this thing or whatever right like you know a new toy to play with um but i haven't done that yet and i don't you know i don't have it scheduled so it's sometime in the future uh, but you know, something to free up the ears so that you can hear traffic a little yes. bit better. Maybe the traffic can even see if you're turning left or right. Not yes. that they're going to pay attention that much to what you're doing, but you know, yeah. every little bit helps. That's true. Yeah. So that's one of the things I do. I always bring that little waterproof case yeah. too. Cool. So I throw things in it. Yeah, I'll throw some out to uh, go with that. I actually just use a Ziploc bag, yes. like a sandwich baggie. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time it's put my wallet in there and anything else that I want to keep, you know, from getting wet. Works great. Super cheap. <laughs> so I have a, a, a hack that I didn't actually write down, but this goes with what you guys were saying with like, okay, you know, slide this in wallet in here and the headphones in here. Do you guys keep, um, so on typical cycling jersey, you have three back pockets. Do you guys kind of keep like certain things in yes. certain pockets each time? Yes. And then, so this is great, right? Because it's <laughs> like, okay, I know that my wallet and cell phone are always going to be in the middle pocket. And then 
uh, left pocket is some like flat repair stuff and the right pocket is like nutrition slash like trash from nutrition. And so I, when I'm leaving, I pat my back. If I got everything, <laughs> yeah. yes. do I have all three things? And it's like, oh, okay, I'm good. And then yeah. sometimes you don't need nutrition. So that one's empty or whatever yeah. it is. But like, I always put my least used stuff in the middle pocket, I okay. like yeah. wallet and yeah. whatever else. Right. I yeah. always put nutrition in the left and I always put my phone in the right. Yeah. And the reason why I put my phone on the right is because I like to take a lot of yeah. pictures and yeah. it's just quick and easily accessed right. from, yeah. from, from right there. Yeah, I'm th- I do the exact same thing yeah. as you, Jake. So yeah. another additional cycling hack would be, you know, have pockets that, you know, have specific purposes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you guys might already do that. I don't know. Yeah. Very <laughs> That's cool. That's true. Anything else, Lance? Yeah. Um, another hack. I, I When I went to Oklahoma, I traveled with my bike. So I traveled with my bike a fair yeah. amount. And you usually have to take them apart-ish to pack right. them up. And... Um, uh, you have to take your seat off. I usually have to move your handlebars. Mm-hmm. And so it helps to mark where your seat, what your seat height oh, yeah. should be yeah. and where your, what angle your handlebar should be. Right. Um, I didn't do that the first couple of times and it was always like a little off oh, it's like doing a refit on yes, yourself. Yeah. Trying to, you, know, you, you took six or eight months to get your seat height right. Yeah. And then you forgot to mark it. I actually use a little piece of, black mm-hmm. or yellow electric tape yep. yeah. on my seat post I like that. because when I mark it with a Sharpie, it t- I tend to wear it off. Yeah. So I, I mark it with a little piece of electric tape and that way I... Yeah. I have a question for you. When you pack your bag, uh, you have to take, obviously you take the whole seat post out yeah, and then you pull your wheels off. Yeah. Uh, handlebars, you just twist down? Correct. Okay. And then... So I don't have to take... I have had other boxes where I've had to remove the whole stem but this one, I just have to rotate the handlebars. Do you remember down. the name of your box, just in case the listeners are curious? Um, that's okay if you don't. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> Scion maybe or Airs and Yes, that's what it is. Oh yeah, okay. Scion. They the do Scion. Good boxes. Yeah. And then what about rear derailleur? Do you do anything? You do not have you to take have to. it off, but it's really simple to remove your yeah. derailleur hanger. So I always do. Yeah. yeah ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you're going to travel, please remove your derailleur hanger <laughs> I mean, from your bike. It's probably one of the most freaking. You think that's one of the most fragile parts of the oh, bike? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, they're meant to bend. I mean, it's a cheap. Mm. Not right. cheap. It's a, an alloy that's meant to bend right. for a reason. Because if it takes an impact, you want it to bend so that your frame doesn't get destroyed. Right. You know, you're okay. going to spend anywhere from twenty to forty dollars to replace it if you do bend it. But that's the thing: is it's meant to bend yeah. if it takes any kind of impact, and it doesn't take much to really throw your bike out of alignment. So, right. um, and nothing's going to screw up your ride more than a bike's. Well, not I was thinking yeah. it would be more expensive than that because if you bend the rear derailleur hanger, uh huh. Okay, and for people that aren't super, you know, super into cycling, the rear derailleur, you know, that's the your shifting piece that's on the back of the bike, right? Yep. The rear derailleur hanger is the metal piece that basically. Um, it's supposed to be in a straight line and it drops kind of down and back into, you know, if you're thinking about the chain and how it kind of goes back a little bit in that backwards Z pattern or whatever yep. it is, the hanger, the rear derailleur hanger has um, two jockey wheels. Yep. Um, but so I was thinking that if those things got bent or whatever, that you're kind of replacing the whole rear derailleur. Is that not true? You have to, you can just replace the rear derailleur it's, hanger. It's or? really rare that the actual derailleur bends, but the hanger, the hanger. bends Easily, all the, easily, all the yeah. time. I yeah. replace a couple of years. So you can just buy the two metal pieces. <laughs> yeah, it's one metal piece. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are some that are two. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's usually mountain bikes that are like multi piece. Yeah. Like I know the BMC, their Team Elite has a, a multi piece, but um, for the the collective part of it though, the part that's going to be bending, that is just one piece. Yeah. So, and so that's twenty bucks, twenty three yeah. bucks, something like that. Twenty to forty dollars, depending upon the right. make and manufacturer. There are okay. certain companies that are building their proprietary stuff, and you can't use interchangeable or other outside. Oh. Companies okay. and they're going to charge a little bit more because right. 
That's just what they like to do. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Um, more times than not, you're looking at 20 to 30 bucks for your, your standard hanger. And it's always good to A, travel with an extra one, and B, take it off your bike because it's just a five millimeter, five millimeter Allen key yeah. that for you the, just back it out and take it off. For the whole rear derailleur. Yeah, the whole the thing comes off. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I'm, you don't take off the, the hanger or no, something. No, you can leave the like hanger that. on and yeah, just yeah. take the hanger. Because basically it's a lever, and as yeah. soon as you push on the, the, the furthest part down, it makes it pretty easy to bend that. So do you take the chain off then? No. No, you, you don't need to. You, leave, you take the derailleur off, and I you take leave the everything off, kind of I wrap connected. it in a little like a terry cloth towel or a terry cloth yeah. and just let it just let it yeah. sit there. You can let it sit there, or you can zip tight to the chain stay. And those are two different things that you can do there. And what's nice is you've got now a towel to clean your chain when you're there. Yeah, it's already dirty. Yeah, I do a little workshop for people when they do traveling nice. with their bikes um so Ooh, i'll have them bring their bike video. and there you go i have them bring <laughs> the bike cool. over and we uh we basically disassemble it and i show them how everything goes back together because a lot of people are like they're scared to work on their bike they're scared yeah, to put, right. take it apart and put it back together because they think they're going to do something wrong and torque I, I, wrenches and cross threading yeah exactly so freak out about that take stuff. them through the whole process teach them how to do it and, and give them that sense of security and, and i it's funny i almost always get a text message or an email after they've put their bike back together, of how excited how they were, proud they are, and they yeah. proud they are together themselves. themselves well, exactly. Yeah. I think wrenching on your bike is kind of fun. Like I don't know, it's you know, like when I guess yeah. I'm just a you know computer programmer, so I'm like you know, you're constantly working with zeros and ones, right? Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> you're basically working with nothing, yeah. and then you're like, oh, I actually got to you know, like I don't know, change the cassette or something. Like super yeah. simple. It's not yeah. very hard to do, but it, like at least you're working with your hands and yeah, doing it's something fun stuff. real. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Wow, we just jumped down a rabbit hole. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, any yeah. one of these little things, know, can, right? I'm go really good at this. On, yeah, yeah. Anything else, Lance? I think uh, that's enough. For okay, me. awesome, okay. Matt. Go. Um, yeah, you know. So when I thought about the topic, I was thinking, okay, cool hacks, and I'm thinking, you know, like hacky kind of stuff, right? Um, and I'm looking around the the room here, and there are a whole bunch of Dial Cycling Team water bottles. There is, I don't know how many that is. I'm guessing that there's like 50 of them just kind of within <laughs> sight here. And there's yeah. a case of them on the floor. Oh, another oh, one man. in the garage. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, We've got too, plenty of water bottles. Too, too many to count. Uh, but um, one thing, and you, you wouldn't want to do it with these because these are, are nice water bottles. They're like the purest water bottles if you guys are familiar with no, water No, but bottles. when you buy yourself a new team yeah. Water bottle? You're going to have some old You're crappy extras. Old and what can we do with those, Matt? <laughs> so uh, one thing, well, again, you know, I haven't actually done this in a little while because um, the durability on these water bottles, you know, there's just plastic. But you can cut them in half uh, and hang them from your fender to get extra distance on your fender. And in the wintertime slash rainy season, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, we get lots of rain. Uh, I find them fantastic. Like this just little hack where you're using something that was probably going to get thrown away anyway. And you're getting just, I mean, I guess any piece of plastic would work. But a half a water bottle cut in half works really well. And it's just like it almost drags on the ground and, and just keeps whoever's drafting you, right, is going to be super thankful that you have that. What is that? Uh, an extra almost foot of, of you know. I guess keeping your that kind of like yeah, spray off yeah, rain yeah, yeah. and just the yeah. gunk or whatever that comes up from the road. Uh, it really does a good job of keeping that stuff off your yeah. friends. Yeah, so, I like that. Um, I saw other people doing it, and I was like, "Yep, that they should make these things longer." And this is a great way to do it. So, yeah. um, I like the repurposing of yeah, stuff too, that it, just to give it a little bit more life. And and uh, for us, and my wife's complaining a lot because you know we have tons of water bottles, and there and, and the reason I have so many is because like I want to be able to lose them and not be upset about it, yeah. or or in a race situation yeah. where it is deemed okay, you can toss a water bottle. Um, and it's not a big deal, right? Like you're never going to see that water bottle again, right? But like you toss a water bottle, maybe you grab a different one or whatever for, 
you know, racing purposes or whatever. And, and yeah, if you have all these water bottles and they're not super great, um, Cut one in half. I slap we, it on your fender. We call them a buddy flap. Is I that what they're called? I think they call them a buddy flap because it's yeah. purely for the guy behind well, you. And they yeah. do make some fenders that have like the extra rubber that yes. comes down, which are super nice, right? Um, but if you don't have that or if you don't want to spend extra, for those are you know typically nicer fenders. But like just cut a water bottle in half. It works. If you show up to a group ride in the Pacific Northwest during the wintertime and you right. don't have fenders or a buddy flap, you're on the back. Yeah. Yep. The well, whole yeah. ride. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You can't go up front. Yeah. They'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can rotate with the other guy back there who forgot his <laughs> as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys come out looking like yeah. just like black gold all your over your glass. Man. <laughs> You're going to have to clean those glasses, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Fun stuff. Anything else, Matt? Um, well, that's all I put down. And um, yeah, we were talking about different pockets and stuff like that. But yeah, what else do you have? Jake, you have any cool hacks? I've got some stuff, but and if you can't come up with anything, that's fine. But if you've got some hacks for like try or running, that'd be good. Um, and oh, I'll, I'll circle back with you. So sure. I'm going to give you a few minutes there's, to think about. Yeah, there's so many this. triathlon cool. fun things. Yeah. Yep. I, I One of the cool things I think is there are a lot of these little secret spaces on your bike that you can kind of take advantage of. Um, you know, for instance, if you're not running DI2 and you don't have a, a battery in the, the, the seat tube, you can put stuff up in the seat tube and you can store it there. So oh, there's a couple yeah. little things that you can think of. And, and, you know, if you want to be kind of out of sight or if you know if you want to keep some money on your bike but not let people know that you're keeping money on your yeah. bike, you know, you can put some stuff in a Ziploc bag, you roll it up and stuff it up there. And then you can use like a little some sort of a cork or maybe a little bit of electrical tape or something on there. And you can hide stuff in hide your seat stuff. tube. So, but you could also do the same in your bar ends. So you could like on a road bike or even a mountain bike, you just take the plug off the end and you've got access now to um, a tube where you can slide stuff up there and then you put the cork or the, the bar end back in oh, there yeah. and you're, you're, you're stashing stuff in there. <laughs> so if you want to maybe stuff some zip ties up there, you want to put some money, you want to put some identification and you want to, and that's actually a good place to put um, stuff about your bike too. If like that bike belongs to you. A thief's not going to think to like, oh, let me go check the take the bar ends the off, bar ends yeah. off of the seat tube to see like if you say, officer, this is my bike, and he's like, no, that's my bike, and we're like, well, let's do this. Take the seat tube out real quick and and check the identification tag that's in there. That that's my bike, and then sure <laughs> enough, you know, it's going to prove it's your bike. Yeah. Um, there's also one other space on a lot of bikes too. Is if um, and this one's a little bit more difficult to get to, but if you take the the stem the stem cap where it basically holds the bars together take that cap off take the bars off there's usually a void in the stem you know you've got anywhere from you know we'll say 60 millimeters up to 140 millimeters of just open space that you can stuff you stuff into stuff. as well so maybe some more sensitive information that might be a good place to hide stuff as well that says that's my bike that's my bike so just a little harder to get to because there's like four bolts yeah 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 so that's um that's the only downside of that but you know, you've got a couple of different options of being able to hide stuff and you can put some things in there that um you know if you get into a pickle or a pinch that you know a zip tie can do you a world of wonder in in a lot of different situations or if you want to put a little piece of or like a little tiny roll of like duct tape up there whatever if you're thinking about going like on a a long backcountry ride or you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere and you want to maybe have some stuff that you can put your bike back together then stuff some stuff, stuff up there and hide it yeah so is, it, is our listeners listening to this right now and just they're just like shaking their heads and they're like jake what is this prison style stuff <laughs> up your seat <laughs> are we going to lose our pg rating if we talk about stuff like this jake hey you keep your seat post yourself buddy <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, you know, and another thing that I didn't even think of this for probably a, a decade of riding, and maybe it was just like five or six years ago. I'm like, somebody's got this their water bottle, and um, 
it's the the backwater bottle and they pull it out and they've got it full of stuff i'm like why didn't i ever think about yeah. that you can stuff yeah. a bunch of crap in a water bottle and just put it in the holder and you take it on a long ride granted you're not gonna have as much water but you've got well, some triathletes do this they cut the top off the water bottle and stuff stuff and, in there and put a cap over the top of it or yeah. something yeah, yeah. and do. they actually make water bottles that are specific right. to that now so yeah. it's kind of a neat little idea yeah. So um, another little hack that I like to do is make sure that you are um, keeping a master link for a chain yeah. somewhere on your bike. And a lot of times you can say, well, put it in a saddlebag and all this stuff, but those things are small and they will tend to fall they're, out and they'll get tiny. lost. Yeah. So what you can do is if you've got um, a bike with some brake housing on it or some shift housing or something like that, just take that master link and get some electrical tape and tape oh, it to yeah. that the housing and have it on your bike in nice. the event that your chain breaks and you need to be able to put the thing back together. Because if the pin breaks, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to get that off there. Even if you've got a chain breaker, putting that back together is going to so make it near impossible. What's a master link? Just so for a listeners. master link is basically like a link to a chain, yeah. but it's meant to come apart easily. Um, and I actually highly recommend that people put those on their, their, all of their chains, all of the chains, because it makes it easy for you to take the chain off and clean it. So, yeah. you know, kind of talked about being able to throw stuff in an ultrasonic bath. Yeah. It's just, it's really simple as opposed to popping a pin, which is going to put, you know, stress on the train chain and wear it out a little bit. And those little pins are actually kind of expensive to replace. So if you've got a master link, you can take your chain off as many times as you want, throw right. it in, clean it up, and all that good stuff. Well, if your chain breaks and you need to put it back together, having one of those master links is super simple to put yeah. on there. And you don't even need a set of pliers to put it back together. All you have to do is put some pressure on the drivetrain when the, the, the link is free, press on the pedal, and that, that, yeah. torsion, that, that torque or that, that stress that you're putting on it will pop it into place. Well, and you're some back people right. put out more power than others. <laughs> So it takes me a, it takes me a couple of sprints before I can get there. Yeah, there you go. But no, so. uh, and they make different master links too that um, that kind of pop into place slightly differently. I can't remember all the names of the different brands, but I have one that's you know it's actually a little bit easier to slide in. Yeah. Um, and I can look that up. And if we do errors and omissions, we'll have a couple of things to talk about. There so, you go. Yeah. And just be sure if you do get a master link, don't go buy any old master link. You have to get the one that's specific the one that to fits. the number of speeds to your yeah. chain because the chain dimensions or the width of the, the chain is different. Mm -hmm. So if you've got right. Nine speed, get a nine speed. You got eleven speed, get eleven speed, and so on and so forth. Yes, so, good stuff. Cool. Um, I think that's about it, though. You guys about covered everything else. But uh, another triathlon hack, just for people. Oh, there you, you go. You challenged me to come up with something else. Is, yes. Uh, if you are uh, swimming and you come out of the water in your middle of a race, uh, one thing that's great about these wetsuits, you know, they're they're rubber and they're sticky and whatever it is, but um, you're gonna run out of the water. You're gonna be you have a certain amount of time. This is all race time. And you're trying to take off your cap, take off your goggles, pull your wetsuit off. Um, you know, you're dropping your cap and your, your goggles and whatever it is. And you need to remember like where you put them or whatever it is. Cause you don't want to just throw these things away. One thing you can do is as you run up and out of the water towards your transition area is pull off the top of your wetsuit and hold on to your cap and goggles. As you slide your sleeve, your arm out of your sleeve, you can leave your goggles and your cap in the wetsuit and the rubber on rubber is it you know so it's like a, it's a latex cap or whatever it is but you know or in a and kind of the rubber goggle pieces it all kind of stays in your arm sleeve and so you don't have to worry about it it's just like huh. one little less thing to yep. worry about you pull oh, those things slick. out they stay yeah. in there and then you stomp off your wetsuit and you're you know you know at the end of the race like where your goggles are and where your swim cap is and it's just it's a nice little hack that i yep. think everyone should know about and everyone should do it yeah it's a good place to save yeah. some time yeah, yeah. good stuff very cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic. And basically, I came across this um, a little ways back, and I was basically just kind of 
tinkering around reading and, and whatnot. Yeah. And it was an article that popped up about the top 10 cycling trends for 2018. Now I know that we're halfway through the year, but some of these sure. things came up and I started asking myself, well, are these trends that, that we need? Are these trends that the cycling industry is trying to push on us because they're trying to sell more product? Are these things that are going to be useful or are these things that are even of interest to me? So I started reading through them. And I'm like, there's some good ones in there and then some other ones I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's run through these things real quick if you guys don't mind. And the article was put out by Bicycle Adventures and we will put the, the link up in our Facebook page. Sure, if you guys want to go and look at it yourself, there's some link throughs and some things that you can read about. But um, the first one was that manufacturers are getting more aero. So they're coming out with more aero bikes. Do we need more aero bikes? Do we need to have more specialized, not the company, but more like specific bikes for doing specific things? What do you guys take on that? Yeah, I, I, th- this, I don't think this is a 2018 trend. I think it's been going on for a couple of years. I think that, you know, they've, they've definitely established this new category. You've got like climbing bikes and, you know, and you have aero road bikes, right? So it used to be like almost every classic bike was just, you know, round tubes. They were all kind of trying to be light bikes if they could, even though they're made of steel. But they're, they were all kind of that classic um, climbing bike style uh-huh. look to them. Yeah. Uh, aero road bikes, you'll, you'll see the tubes are shaped slightly different. I do we need another category of bikes? I, I don't know. I feel like most people are probably gravitating towards aero road bikes. I think that's I mean, people know that they're faster. Yeah. And the amount of you know weight that you're talking about, like, yeah, I don't know. I think mostly that you know, if you're doing a climbing stage and you happen to be a professional athlete doing one of the grand tours and you're in a climbing stage, yeah, the you know you need to be that, on a you, you might want to be on a climbing bike yeah. for a certain amount of time. But for the most part, all of the other people are you know, that are, that are interested in going fast on their bike are going to gravitate towards those aero road bikes. Yeah. So maybe they just don't call it a category. Yeah, I, maybe they just call them bikes. I kind of think of it from a geographical standpoint too, because there are certain parts of the country in the world where it's just predominantly flat. I mean, to go find elevation yeah. gain is like really hard. Yeah. So if you're you know, getting after and you're riding with your club, or your team, all that stuff, <laughs> it might be kind of nice to have that aero bike be yeah. your main bike and, and be something that you can get on and get after. So, okay. So I have a question on this topic. What do you guys, so I had a, a friend ask me the other day, she, you know, she was like, Oh, you know, I want to get a new bike. And I'm like, cool. You know, I've got tons of, you know, tidbits for you. And she was like, well, I was thinking about getting an aero road bike and using it for triathlon. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, maybe, I mean, you put on, they are aerodynamic. You should probably get an aero road bike of some sort. If you're going to get a road bike, you put on the aero bars and they're pretty decent, but I don't know. I, 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 I would probably, you know, lean towards a real traditional time trial bike. I think there, there are some bikes out there though, that could serve this yeah. purpose for her like the i used to ride the felt ar bike it's mm-hmm. a, um, a ro- aero road bike and the way that that bike's set up and the way that the seat actually works is if you take it out and you oh. turn it around um it changes the the cockpit so that it's it, it mimics or mocks or right. mocks, mimics a little bit more right. than the traditional triathlon geometry and then you can put some aero clip-on bars on the bike so you're it's kind of like a <laughs> a two for biker it's yeah. like a poor man's a version of a, a tt bike and she could actually use this Something for like all of her traditional road rides and races and all this stuff 
flip the seat around and all of a sudden you've got a bike that's yeah. pretty darn close to a, an actual TT bike. And I have a feeling she probably wouldn't flip her seat around. I think she would probably just roll with however she trains. And yeah. she mostly, she's training a lot with those aero bars and stuff yeah. like that too. So, you know, and, and just to take one step back, you know, um, when you said a traditional TT geometry, we mean, and we're talking about moving the seat post, typically when a time trialist or a triathlete is riding a bike, the seat is much further forward and slightly up higher so that you can get the correct, correct angles. And that basically pivots your hips and bodies up and over the drivetrain a little bit more. Correct. Yeah. So, um, and, and just, and I just wanted to say that just because a lot of people might not kind of understand that there are differences between your setup for a time trial bike versus your setup for a road bike and how your personal body would fit on top of that bike. Yeah, and, and the so. reason wanting to get over the, the, the pedals a little bit more is it's going to save your quads for the run when you get off the bike, correct? That's yeah. the idea. Yeah. And yeah. then if I'm also not mistaken too, being up in that more aft position will actually help you get into the bars, yep. the drops, so you can get more aerodynamic and be a little bit more stable on the right. bike, which is obviously important when you're talking about making yourself more narrow, being in a narrow yeah. position and being able to have bike control. And if you think about it, a lot of times like that, that difference is for the road bike position, you know, your hips are further back, your body's further back. And, and supposedly that's better for climbing. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people spin up the hills or yeah. whatever it is, but, but yeah, so that's the idea is that you're further forward, maybe not quite as great for climbing or whatever, but that your um, your upper body can get up and over the bars a little bit better. And so yeah. I personally, ha I feel like I have a very different fit from road bike to TT bike. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, that's why I'm thinking to myself, man, I would really, I would hate to not have that set up. So yeah. maybe so, something like that, like a felt AR would be yeah. a good idea for her. Yeah. Coming back to that question though, like, do we need more aero bikes? I personally would tell people that we would need to do two things. We need to discuss what your needs and wants are yeah. based on where you live and what kind of riding you'll be doing. And then you need to look at a pros and cons list of all that other stuff. And then you make a determination as to whether or not you think a road, aero road bike is aero road bike is going to be the best fit for you. Um, Seems like a good option for a lot of people. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think what people get caught up in those, they, they look at them, they just look sexy. They look like they're <laughs> going fast. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, they have a real mystique about them. And people think like, hey, it looks fast it's probably going to go fast if i get on that bike i'm going to be faster that's not always the case i mean you might get not if you get on something that doesn't look near as sexy and we're going to go out and play in the hills yeah you're going to get left behind because your bike is heavier and it's not built for climbing so yeah i mean so one of the the things you'll hear people kind of like a quick terminology would be like arrow you know arrow eyeball arrow or whatever you know and it's like well it's hard to it's so hard to know these things without putting stuff in a wind tunnel which um, very very few people do uh, again, if you're, you know, building bikes there, hopefully they're putting bikes in the, in the wind tunnels, but for some of the people that are building bikes don't even do that. So, yeah. um, I think it's, it, it's right for us to question everything. Yeah. yeah. Do you your know. research too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do your Good research. Stuff. All right. Lance, anything to say on that? Uh, no, I rode an aero bike for six yeah. or eight months and sold it because there's too much climbing around here and I was slower. So yeah. I ended mm -hmm. up on a climbing bike. So <laughs> there you go. Perfect I, I like, I don't, I, so I have an aero road bike and I have a TT bike. Um, and so I like the idea of a climbing bike because I've got that time trial bike. If I want to yes. go do flats or whatever, and I should be riding that thing a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I just like the idea of being able to climb up hills, yes. a l you know, a little bit nicer. Uh, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Yep. So gotcha. All right. Number two, disc brakes are going mainstream in the road, um, in the road bike scene. Um, what are you guys thoughts on disc brakes on road bikes? I don't, I don't have disc brakes. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, even some time trial bike, like triathlon bikes are starting to use disc brakes. Uh, I've read a number of articles on like comparing like, you know, aerodynamics, you know, because that's the big thing for time trials and things like that. And they do test a little bit slower in a crosswind, but you know, I think being able to brake is also a great thing. I don't, I don't think I'll ever buy another bike that doesn't have disc disc brakes yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. Lance disc brakes on road bikes are glorious <laughs> yeah. they are glorious i i i personally sold all of my bikes that were road bikes yeah that were um you know brake light um you know right cantilever brakes. brakes yeah cantilever brakes to go to disc um based on the fact that where we live when the weather's really crappy out yeah there's nothing that sucks worse than you know going through brake pads or going through wheels because you're picking up all the grind but not being able to stop on a dime, it, it's a scary thing. You yeah. know, and I'm thinking safety and I'm thinking about all of the other things that go into being able to stop, you know, later and, and more aggressively and knowing that it's gonna work. Right. And I've switched over as of last October. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, on the bike now for about eight months, um, riding disc brakes, and it has been even better than I could have imagined it right. to be. It's it's pretty fantastic. Well, and I I also think that if you're comparing like you know, using cantilever brakes on an, on a um, carbon um, brake pet track. The, yep. That's just, that's horrible. Yep. Yeah. It's Especially horrible. Especially if it's wet. Yep. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and for a lot of us, you know, we're thinking about cyclocross and stuff like that. I say us, I mean you guys. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, you really want to be able to brake. You want to be able to brake. And I, I, um, I borrowed a friend's bike just to like play around on it. It was a cyclocross bike and it had carbon um it had the correct brake pads on it, but on, on a carbon uh, wheel set. And I hit the brakes and I was like, holy cow, you can't live like this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This yeah. is just bad you have, news. You have to plan for it. You yeah. have to think about like when I'm going to stop. In advance. Yes. And, and I think if you have you know the standard kind of aluminum brake tracks that you'll see on cheaper wheels and typically non-race wheels or whatever, you get, you get some stopping power. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think... I agree with you guys. Um, disc brakes are great. Yeah, stopping is good. Your yeah. wheels are going to last a lot longer too. And the reason being is that when you're braking on a brake surface on on the, the rim brake, um, you'll even see on a lot of the alloy wheels and even carbon wheels, there's like little indicators on there as to mm-hmm. when they've started to wear too thin. Well, you know, if you make yeah. those con- that contact enough, things are going to start to wear down, and the wheels are going to give, and you got to get a new pair of wheels. Well, now you're putting all of the the braking on a disc rotor that right. obviously you can change that out you can change out your pads you know don't hit anything and your wheel's going to last for a lot longer and they can actually build the wheel a little bit more um aggressively um it doesn't right. need to be built up as more on the brake surface so you can actually lose yep. a little bit of weight there and they can build the wheels to, to last longer as well well and you're going to start to see companies probably like envy and zip and stuff like that they'll start to say okay well you are losing some aerodynamics because we're, we're adding this disc to the side yeah but we can do different things at the you know, at the rim or whatever it is to make it more aerodynamic. So it offsets yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, so that game. so it's all good stuff. We'll folks. start to see it. I think yep. more yep. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was the, probably the biggest factor as to why I did not pick up a, um, a TT bike. So I'm really hoping that they make it, that in the future, <laughs> not just for being able to stop, but being able to swap all my wheels in it. I want yeah, everything yeah, to be yeah. interchangeable. Exactly. So yeah. I don't want to have this, you don't want yeah. this great bike. That's, you know, using, we'll call it older technology. In my opinion, right. it kind of is that that's doesn't function quite as well. Well, and, and typically these TT courses, they're just flat and you're yeah. just settling in and you're not breaking much, but we ride around here yeah. and you know, if I'm riding a TT bike, I like to be able to break sure. at all times. Sure. Um, I will say Cervelo has a bike 
that has disc brakes that's a time trial bike yeah but i don't think it's uci illegal so that one would be one that you would want to skip and yeah. then there's another company called diamondback is that what they're called diamond something yes, that diamond. Sounds right. and they do one that has disc brakes again that one's not uci compliant either so it's like oh come on yeah, there's got to be something out there and i'm i'm sure i'm forgetting a couple so gotcha Arizona i have missions i have run into one issue with the disc brakes is my my mountain bike and my cross bike they both have disc brakes but they're different size right. discs. One's a hundred and forty millimeter disc yep. and, and one's a hundred and sixty millimeter the disc. Axle? No, the, the actual size the, of the rotor, the, yeah. rotor. the radius okay. of the actual yeah. rotor, and so like one of the reasons I like the cross bike is because these forty millimeter gravel t- tires that I like to ride. Yeah. On. So I thought you know I'll just swap the wheels out. Uh, no, can't swap the wheels Shoot. out. I actually change the tires yeah you yeah, it would if be you do better. some research you might be able to get away usually it's 140 on the cross bike 140 millimeter uh, disc and then the mountain bikes usually 160 60, yeah sometimes 180 if you're doing some of those bigger enduro bikes well, you might be able to get away i would do a little bit of research based on the kind of riding that you're doing yeah. to go with a smaller disc but i would make sure that you do the research to well, see if it's going to work turns for out you. the axles didn't mesh, you know, up, anyway. mesh up anyway right. so that didn't matter but, right yeah. But yeah so it created this issue where yeah. I'm trying to decide on my mountain bike, would it be better to go with my big full knobbies or should I put right. these little gravel tires yeah. on? So in order to try it, I had to swap all the tires, tires out. Yeah, you seal and then, all that other stuff probably. Yeah, yeah. Try it and like, okay, no, no, that's that not sucked. any better. <laughs> so I had to swap them all oh, man. So yeah, and I think that that was one of the big question marks with disc brakes was like, hey, we've got all these different standards. Yeah. You know, we have, we have rotor size, but there's also the through axle size. Yeah. And so I think yeah. a lot of people were hesitant to go that route when they're like, you know, they're saying, Hey, I want to be able to take a pair of wheels and swap them between all my yeah. bikes, which yep. is what all of us want to do. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, you have to have everything, you know, kind of find a standard. We have this problem all the time in software, right? Where it's like, we have to have standards so that things can kind of be going cross, going cross pollinating yeah. or whatever right. we need to do for, yeah. you know, for bikes in this case. But gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So I think they're going to start to settle on standards here in 2018, hopefully. Good stuff. All right, let's move on to number three. Um, gravel is gaining popularity. Yeah, I mean, gravel riding—that is, we're talking about riding on like dirt roads, a little bit of gravel on them. Um, usually, sands cars. <laughs> this can be pretty confusing because the gravel races and rides right. are actually definitely growing. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was that big race in Kansas. Do you guys the Dirty Kansas? That thing looked yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't. Know. I mean, it's it just two hundred miles ago. on gravel roads with yeah. 10,000 feet of elevation gain, 12 it's, hours yes, out on not, a bike. You, you want it, don't you, Lance? You're interested. Tell no, the truth. I, I'm moderately interested. <laughs> <laughs> 200 okay. miles is that's, a long way. That's ways. a long way. 100 miles on gravel, I cool. think I could do. And yeah. they have, there was one last weekend called the Skull 120 or 140. There's, okay. 100, there's a big gravel race here yeah, in the Portland metro, a long yeah. way to go. Yeah. I'm actually going to be doing one in September. I'm planning to do a gravel race in in Idaho called Rebecca's Private Idaho. I've I did it a couple years ago, yep. and it's 93 miles, you know, wow. on beautiful backcountry gravel roads, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And the the dilemma for me with because these races are great, they're it's just, they're just they're cool races to be a part of. You're not usually riding in a pack, although you do a little bit, but dilemma is cross bikes and right. gravel bikes are just a little bit different you know the the the, the, the geometry is just a little off, just a little bit different on gravel bikes because you want it to be a little bit closer 
to road bike geometry. Mm-hmm. Right. But so yeah. and so how, how so just for listeners, how are they different? A little bit longer cockpit. Yes. Right. Yeah. So there's just like the slightly the cross frames. bikes have shorter cockpits so that you can you can maneuver. Yeah. Quickly. You have to be more nimble. So yeah. yeah. And then clearance too, right? And Is you need you need clearance for wider tires and for mud. Yeah. 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 So so I you know. I have a cross bike, but I don't have a gravel yeah. bike. Oh, N plus one yeah. problem again. <laughs> I think it's Strength. a great thing. I think that uh, gravel rides are awesome. I think that, you know, you've got to be safe because you can kind of get yourself out in the middle of nowhere. So you got to make sure that you're packing appropriately. But the gravel races are pretty awesome. Um, I actually think that it's um, taking away from the road racing scene, to be honest Do with you. you. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, wow. there's it is, more it options. It is growing right now. Yeah. You bet. So, but it's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I think that both have their place, and I think that you know it would be great if they could both coexist as long as they're not stepping on each other's toes. So. Yeah. But it's a great, great scene, uh, especially somebody who had a recent run-in with a car. Oh, <laughs> to yeah. be in an area where there are less Very vehicles on cars. the road that you're riding with, um, that's always a good thing. You just got to be careful because you're riding on a more unstable surface. So, um, you know, one kind of crash can turn into another kind of crash. So right. you just gotta mind your p's and q's. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Yeah, I with gravel riding, I have always wondered like so there's just different types of gravel roads. There's like, yep. you know, it the stuff that I've ridden basically up on Livingston Mountain, which is on the Washington side, but the, you know, where we are. Um the gravel is pretty big and there's lots of ruts and stuff like that and it feels like almost more like a mountain biking situation yes. whereas I I mean I would love to just find that small pebble gravel and just have some nice riding that yeah. I could kind of turn my brain off and actually When I went out to the Dells and yeah. did the Oregon gravel grinder that's the kind was of riding like yeah. it was beautiful it was like, okay. out there so right. you can almost get away with the road bike right. with just 25 well there were people tires. that were riding on road bikes and those were the ones that, the only ones i saw who had flats, who had flats. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um you want that bigger tire anyway just for creating compliance yeah. because you can drop your air pressure a little bit and right uh you can basically roll over that stuff and it's not going to beat you to death i mean if you're riding 20 30 miles you're, you're not going to care too much but you get north of like 40 or 50 miles it starts to wear on your body yeah. so you want to have a, a bigger tire on there for wider sure. tires yeah. is our next uh, is our next trend there in our else. 10 cycling trends nice um yep number four is wheels and tires are getting wider for the road um thoughts on that guys it's it's interesting because you have like um you have like a couple different things where you have wider rims and then you have wider tires as well so one thing that i've noticed is you can have 25s and if they're on a narrow rim they look narrow and then if you have this wide rim and you have 25s on there or whatever it is they look huge um so i really think that the you know the trend towards wider i like it for one Um, more comfortable way more comfortable and and if there's not a huge penalty you know it's kind of like that like there was, I think, an older idea that narrower was more aerodynamic and things like that, and they're riding like 19s and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, but I, I mean, I basically, I think that the um, you're getting better, I guess, uh, smoother contact with the road, yeah. and that's going to offset some of the aerodynamic penalties yeah. and things like that. And then a lot of it has more to do with how the the wind hits the tire and rolls onto the rim, you know, as opposed to something just being more narrow in the wind or whatever it is. Yeah. So. I, I I don't know how wide we're going to go, but yeah. I like it. I think there's a breaking point, though, where you start to get some diminishing returns oh, in yeah. the aerodynamics department. But you're going to pick up, if you're going with like a you know, 28 or 30 millimeter um, tire, you're going to pick up road compliancy. So if you're talking about a long ride or you're going to hit some of this gravel stuff, yeah. I think that's a, a big win there. But you're not going to be rolling quite as fast because I think you're going to be kind of at a detriment to yourself if you're going too, too big or too, too wide. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 28s are... I don't know. I feel like 28s on the road are, are that's where I'm feeling like that's kind of 
the upper limit. And I'm sure, yeah. it's, you know, five years from now, we'll be talking about this and we'll be like, 28s are going yeah. pretty narrow or yeah. something. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not. But I just, did ride on 28s through the course of the winter yeah. um, just to keep more contact nice. surface. Um, yep. and, and that was great. However, um, and I'm not saying just because it was wintertime, the, the conditions weren't as good. I, I didn't feel like the bike was quite as snappy or as fast. Um, mm. I feel like when I'm racing, I want to have my 25s on there, which is like, I think it's like the nice balance of the two. Right. Compliancy and, I, I race, and, and aerodynamics. And I raced 23s on a pretty wide rim. Uh-huh. Um, and again, the, the other thing that you might, you might notice is if you're riding like um, gator skin tires, they're yeah. not going to, like in the wintertime, which is a great tire to ride in the wintertime because there's lots of junk in the road. Uh, the gator skins have more um, puncture resistance. Yep. Uh, I just don't feel like those things are as plush. So yeah. you might notice that too when yeah. you're riding the, yeah. gotcha. the 28s with the gator skins or whatever it is. Awesome. All right. Number five, power meters for all budgets. I love this one. I really yeah. do. Now, saying that, there is one thing that I'm going to warn people of. Um, make sure that you do your homework before you go out and buy anything. Just because it only costs like $200 doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be getting yourself some valid data. So you want to make sure that you get out there because if their margin of error is like 7%, that is extremely high. And, you know, (laughs) you don't want to waste your money on something like that. You want to get something that's a little bit more in that like two to three at a max margin of error. If you can get closer to one, like the the, the nicer power meters out there, that's going to pretty much be your right. industry standard. But um, that's good stuff. And the fact that they're coming down in prices and the fact that more people are starting to train with power, that's a great thing. Yeah. I think all of us, we've talked about power before on the yep. podcast. Go back and listen if you guys don't remember. But, you know, we're talking power meters are basically strain gauges and we're measuring the amount of wattage that you're putting into the bike. That's super, super glossed over. But, um, they're coming down in price big time. Yeah. They are, you know, like it, it you, used to you, be like 2,500 bucks. Yeah. 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 And now you can get a decent power meter for 500. Right. Yeah. 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 And even less than that in certain situations. Yeah. So, yeah. you it's, know, that you can get into like a, what is it, like a stages power meter or something like that. Yeah. So left crank arm for relatively inexpensive. Right. And it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. There's, there's some really good options yeah. right now. Yeah. We so. don't need to beat that one to death. That's just a good thing with the caveat is that you do your homework and make sure that you're not buying someone's junk. So, um, cheaper isn't always better, but make sure that you're uh, just doing your homework. All right. Um, this one's for Lance. Indoor training is getting smart no. and it's getting better and more used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I actually have a smart trainer yeah. in my basement. Which, which one do you have? I have the, not the Wahoo kicker. I have Snap. the other not the is wahoo it, oh tracks um, so you, can, so you can, can tell the yeah. neo tracks oh, okay yeah. so the neo tracks i haven't nice. been on it in so long well right, that's that neo tracks is super nice right yes, it's like the it is. more it's more quiet it's, than some it's of the others. quiet it's heavy it, yep. it mimics road feel all road feel that's what the you know the, the smart trainers are talking about right and when when the road on Zwift goes up, it gets harder to pedal. And when mm-hmm. it goes down, yep. and it actually, if you're going across cobbles, it vibrates. Right. Yeah. You know all that stuff. So I think the tra- Neo Tracks is probably the only one that does that, and that's probably changing. I could be wrong about that, but at one point, Neo Tracks was the only one that did that did vibration that. piece. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Which is very rare. That you're gonna, I mean, we're talking specifically about Zwift going over cobbles because there's right. not a ton there's of not there's not a ton, a ton of, of other people doing yeah. software that's doing the same no. kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I like that the erg mode on those things for training purposes it's tough to beat that in terms of being able to design a program and then you just have to go and pedal and you're doing exactly what it is that you design there's no guesswork you just have to push the pedals yeah watch the program i'm a big fan of the smart trainer trend 
Yep. And I don't have a smart trainer, so <laughs> you can borrow mine. <laughs> yeah, I will. If it's like just blow the dust and cobwebs off and take it. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's a bike. There's like uh, my bike from like five years ago. It's on still there. on it. I, just I am leave gonna it borrow yours. I'm totally <laughs> gonna borrow yours. You're not gonna use it this summer. <laughs> I'm gonna totally borrow it. Stick the whole thing. I'm actually considering <laughs> buying one, and I have a really nice set of rollers that I use for, and I do workouts and stuff on them when I'm working out. Uh, but like, it's just like, I kind of was thinking like, okay, it'd be nice to have both the smart trainer and the rollers. Cause the rollers are much more of like a road feel, you know, you're, yeah. you're up and you actually are using your core and you're balancing and stuff like that. Whereas the smart trainer, I feel like you can just go to that dark, dark place when you're trying to push Watts. Yep. Yep. I think that's a good thing to do, you know, with the yeah. smart trainer. So I, I'm thinking about picking one up and I might wait. It's my, one of those things where it's like, I know they're going to make smart trainer announcements. Typically that goes down in the fall or winter. Right. They have like a Eurobike conference and they have another conference in Las Vegas and they yeah. always make these Interbike. winter Interbike. Okay. Yep. They, have, they make these like smart trainer announcements at that yep. time. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I've got the uh, Wahoo kicker that's been working yeah. out really well for me for about a year and a half now. So love yeah. it. And Wahoo takes good care of our team. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Mountain bike frames are changing. Yes, they are. Moving on to number no. eight. Um, <laughs> People that are some angry mountain bikers right Sorry. now. Sorry, and I'm a mountain bike guy too. Yeah, it's basically the, the geometry of the frames have changed. I mean, you've got um, you know different top tube lengths and different slack angles, and you're basically making all bikes turn into all mountain bikes. So cross-country right. and enduro bikes are kind of more like all mountain bikes. So um, they're, they're doing some cool stuff there, and I don't want to – get into that too much because we're running short on time we're, here yeah. um maybe we could talk about that another time and have yeah, somebody we come can in here definitely and, save some of these yeah. for a future podcast yeah. um electrical shifting um is taking more of a, a prevalent stance in the uh the road world um there's guys, some cool stuff going on yeah. with like the synchro shift and yeah. stuff like that yeah, i so. think we talked about that not too long ago yeah. That. yeah yeah so that's good stuff there um integrated cockpits you guys have anything to say about that i, I would mention the bmc but i don't want jake to cry Oh, wasn't yeah. that? Did, wasn't was your it the BMC that he is in pieces? Yeah, yeah it wasn't yours kind of completely integrated, like your front cockpit? Yes, it was. It so is nice. super clean, yep. super sexy. Yeah, uh, it's very aero. Um, I right. mean, I, I don't know how much aerodynamic change there's with the tubes and whatnot, hang, or the, the housing hanging out, but um, you, you, you can't see anything They're on beautiful. my bike when it was all put together right. Um, you. It's, virtually couldn't see any housing on the bike yeah. anywhere and it was just super clean and cool looking so the trek madone is another one that has just a really nice, yeah, nice beautiful front yeah piece. my my rain bike that i keep my fenders on all yeah. year long it's like a 15 year old titanium nice. light speed just yeah, solo yeah, yeah. it's a great it's yeah. a great frame but the I remember that bike. nothing is integrated so yeah. I'm all, whenever I ride it, I'm like, there's cables coming from it everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> and like, I don't even do, know. Do you remember when the cables <laughs> used to come up off the handlebars and like up yes, and over? Up and, and you're and like, over. okay, this is not a good look. Yeah. One downside to it, though, is if you need to make any changes to yeah. your cockpit at yeah. all. Oh, my oh, Lord. It's such a pain in the true. butt. So if you want to change your stem length, you want yeah. to cut your, your steer tube or any of that it's stuff, you're, you're pulling everything out and yeah. you're having to trim like like i've got disc brakes on there i had um so you gotta you know trim those and you gotta you know make them the right length and all that stuff so it is a little bit of work if you want to make some changes but pretty much once you get the bike dialed in it's 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 a thing of beauty and i do think that you'll see that same thing with time trial bikes where it's like everything's integrated everything's a pain in the butt to work on yeah so yeah Yep. Okay. All right. Try and our, our, our last bit here, e-bikes are gaining popularity. Ooh. They're, you know, the one holdup I think is they're pricey. They're yeah. really expensive. They are. And I think they're great for 
a lot of people that, you know, there's just so many little things you can do, right? Like you could have, you know, if, if you want to ride with your wife, you can have her on e-bike and she yes, can crush you on the hills and whatever it is. Yeah. I think there's a lot of positives to yeah. it. So, you know, you, you're going to talk to your purist out there and you mentioned the word right. e-bike and it's like, you just drop a four word. letter yep. bomb right. on them. Yeah. Um, no, it's a bicycle. They're, yeah. they're not trying to race you. They're not trying to right. cheat. It gets people outside. They're enjoying the outdoors. They're on a bicycle. They're having fun. They're able to keep up with other people. Um, you know, as long as they're not being a jerk and, and right. going out there and, and, you know, taking all your KOMs and saying, no, I did that on a real yeah. bike. Yeah. That's, a, you know, I, I wonder about some of the groups we ride with, like how they would handle it if I showed up on an e-bike. Not, they would not be happy. Yeah. No. I'm thinking like Mari's ride group or whatever. No. It's a really nice group of guys, but they're like all, they're older guys. And I just, I'm just thinking they're, they seem like purists, right? Where they would just be like, what are you doing? At, uh, at Cross Vegas okay. this last year, which is uh, a cyclocross race in Las Vegas. It's yeah. huge. Uh-huh. It's one. It's a UCI race, yeah. so people come over from Europe to race yeah. it. They had some super heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah. yeah this yeah. last year, they, they had one it heat. Was that on was on the all, world tour. That, or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah okay. it was. But this last year, they had a heat that was um, all e-bikes. No way. Yes, Did they, they really? They had yeah, an e-bike they, they do that. Just as, for fun. Yeah, they, they had it for fun. They yeah. have a whole category out at Seattle for that as well. People for, riding for e-bikes. Uh, for really? e-bikes, yeah. So there's a, there's a whole race genre for people on e-bikes. So yeah. I, to each his own, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, sure. They're not hurting anybody. They're having fun on yep. their bike. You're still pushing. You're just you're going faster. Yeah, but that you're not like, working as hard. It's like motorcycle racing, <laughs> but which is a different sport, which yeah. is awesome. I have no problems with that. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I personally like e-bikes. I think they're fun. They're a lot of fun to ride. Is it something I choose to ride on a daily basis? Nope. Yeah. Um, do I own one? Nope. But okay. I think they're fantastic. You know, you can take them for camping if you want to run up yeah, to the grocery totally. store yeah. and get some some groceries or something like that. Or, or if you're commuting, you know, and you want to yeah. just be outside and you don't want to be sitting in traffic right. and you want to, you know, maybe not show up to work a big sweaty mess like you yeah. know, Lance and I would during the summer. <laughs> months yes. hey there you go it's yeah. fun you there's know, tons if, of good uses right if you're yeah. coming off of an injury you've got a disability and you have a hard time getting up hills fantastic right sometimes people just need that gateway to go out there and know that they're not going to die trying to ride their bike up on a hill they're going to get that assistance yeah. and then over the course of time they're going to start to develop a little bit of fitness and the next thing you know like hey you know what i think i want to get myself a regular bike i think yeah. i'm strong enough now so yeah. it's a nice little gateway to get people into cycling and i think it's good for the sport as a whole sure sure there's going to be little areas where people are going to and moan they're not going to want to you know <laughs> like come to facts with you know, it's just an e-bike you're cheating it's, it's not it's just a, right. it's a different thing so yeah it's one less car on the road to, to hit cyclists too <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's true <laughs> is somebody better <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay anything else on that guys i'll save it for one last thing one yeah. last thing is up. <laughs> right. All right. Let's wrap this bad boy up. One last thing. Lance, start us off. Okay. So um, a couple weeks ago, I was riding on the Springwater Trail, which okay. is a trail that runs right through the heart of Portland, Oregon. It's a cycling trail. Yep. And um, usually I'm one of the faster guys riding, you know, along this right. trail. And which is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I'm cruising along, and I and I keep picking off cyclists, but I can't catch this one guy. Oh. And I'm like, oh, so I... <laughs> someone's, <laughs> com- someone's competitive. This competitive oh, yeah. veins just popped out of his neck. <laughs> so yep. Yep. I start laying down some watts to try to catch this guy, and I get closer to him, and he's kind of sitting oh. upright. It was an e-bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, gosh. Dang it, yeah. e-bike. What's funny, too, he was fine. People. He was just commuting. He was yeah, in his totally. jeans. Yeah. It was great like, for him How to come I can't there? catch Why this guy in jeans? That's right. Yeah. Oh, he was on an e-bike. I think legally, though, 
e-bikes are only supposed to help you up to 20 miles an hour. And then beyond right. that, you're supposed to be human powered. I don't think that it can assist you in going faster than right. that. Otherwise, you're actually supposed to go and get a, a class in motorcycle right. license. Oh, and you're supposed okay. to carry insurance. So yep. um, I this know that people are thumping. Yeah, I know yeah. that people are, are, are cheating the system a little bit here. But um, yeah, yeah. so that's well, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing is like you put a motor in a bike. It's not a bike. I right. mean, at some point, right, you're just like, I'm glad that they have these rules, yeah. like the 20 mile an hour rule or whatever it is for assistance and stuff like yeah. that. Because because otherwise, you know, there's no difference between that. And like then we all, all of a sudden are on the bike paths with all the motorcyclists. Right. Yeah, so we got to be careful. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. That's it. Cool. <laughs> did, so hold on. Did you, thing. did you catch him though? I did. And did you pass him? Well, we draft him. Cause we hit a stoplight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so. I gotta, I gotta come clean though. I always love seeing those guys out there and I love catching them and I love dropping them because <laughs> right. so, they usually like, top what? out and they just can't go any yeah. faster. Like, dang it. And I'm like, yeah, you can't get up to 35 <laughs> candy pal on this flight yeah. over here. <laughs> but as soon as they hit the hills and they hit that, yeah, that's, that's, like, that's like, game over. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Matt, one last thing. Buddy. Oh, I don't. I can't think of anything great for one last thing. Um, I would say I am very excited to see Jake looking good, and yes, um, that is definitely like the highlight of my day, the highlight of my week. And thank you. Sir. Everyone is curious. I get lots of questions on how you're doing, and now I can tell them, man, guy's looking good. So, yeah, I wish I could say that I feel the I know, same, but I, know, um, I, I do have like, <laughs> it's better to look good than to feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the scale of 100, if last week I was like a, a four or a five, yeah. I'd probably say I'm at like a seven or eight now. Okay. I've still got a long road oh, ahead yeah. of me, which is going to suck, but yeah. um, you know, I don't want to play it up or down or anywhere else. Okay. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Good. So Sounds thank good. you. Appreciate that. that. My one last thing. Um, I, I, I really want to try and find value and, and take away from going through what I'm about to go through and what I've already gone through in the last two weeks. Um, so I, I'm all for input. So if people out there have gone through similar stuff, you've had some pretty trying or, or difficult times that you've had to go through that have taken you off your bike or taken you out of life's rotation, um, I'd like to hear from you. You know, yeah, post, post something up on good, our, good point. our Facebook page and tell me what you went through or tell your story. Um, I'd love to hear it because I need some uh, some motivation right now and I need mm-hmm. a little bit of encouragement. Um, I'm pretty self-motivated guy, but it's always nice to hear other stories and how you yeah. came out on the backside, you know, shining. I mean, I've had my trials and tribulations in time, but I I think that this is probably going to be one of the more difficult ones that I've had to go through. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited, though, to say that I'm just happy to be here because it yeah. could have been a hell of a lot worse, yes. which leads me to my other thing is always wear your helmet, folks. Yeah. Always, yes. always, always wear your helmet. If you've got kids outside riding around, I'm the, the helmet Nazi here in my neighborhood. Yep. Like if kids come up and they're not wearing their helmet because I've got lots of kids in my neighborhood, I tell them, go home and put your helmet on right now because you never know when something can go sideways. Yep. You know, Parents, if you hear this, it just takes one little thing. And life could be over if i wasn't wearing my helmet we yeah. wouldn't be here having this yeah. conversation i would probably be done so yeah. wear your helmet <laughs> all right um yeah i thank you guys for for the support over the last couple of weeks and you bet. thanks for coming back and thanks to everybody out there who has reached out i will get back to each and every individual one of you guys at some point in time so thank you thank you thank you all right i think we're done yeah <laughs> Um, you guys, Matt, thank you for coming. My pleasure. Lance, thank you. Good to see you. Always. Evan, I hope you're doing well. Oh, <laughs> working away. Someone's got to work. Yeah. Your work is going to be uh, one of my second homes here pretty soon. Oh, so once I'm discharged yeah. for physical therapy, I'll be uh, heading over to Evan's shop over there to yeah. practice physical therapy to get my shoulder fixed. So anyway, thank you for coming to listen to us. We really appreciate it. And bye for now. Bye.